In this week's SME Corner, we speak to the founder of Energy House, Nokolo Kasane. Nokolo, take us through your company's offerings. What do you do at uh, Energy House? At Energy House, um, we develop very smart, cost-efficient, renewable energy solutions. Um, uh, they're based on solar, uh, wind, um, and then we're also venturing into waste to energy solutions, especially exploring medical waste to gas. But uh, these projects take long to be built. Yeah. So at the moment, uh, to keep paying the bills, we're focusing a lot on consulting for many of the independent power producers wow. on sustainable economic development in the communities where they are building their big solar and wind farms because we're still a small player in this space. Interesting. How did you find yourself in the energy sector? Hey, ask me again. <laughs> I was somewhere in the Winelands in the Western Cape minding my own business and uh, working for a big corporate as a sustainability manager. And one of the independent power producers had got um, two projects in their renewable energy independent power producing program to build two wind farms in the Eastern Cape. With these projects, there's a lot of community and stakeholder engagement that has to be done um, in order to make sure that you do them well and the community buys in and the community doesn't rise up against the project and everything. So they looked in the market wanting to find somebody who can be able to assist them with really uh, effective stakeholder engagement, especially community relations on the ground, Mm. but somebody who can also be able to be comfortable to report to the board on these projects and um, sort of design a 20-year plan and a strategy for developing these communities after the assets are built. And one person I used to work with in another company many years ago recommended me and they called me. We had a chat for about three months, but when I came down to listen to their vision and their plans, I was like, this is exciting. (laughs) This is really exciting. I mean, within three, five months of joining the company, I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to be in renewables for a, a, a long time. Um, The potential in the space, the opportunities, especially for women, because there's very few women in energy. That's when this was back in August 2012. And I've been in the space since then. How has the industry received you so far? (sighs) The thing is to switch from being brought into the industry as an economic development specialist. Mm. And you want to do the switch to actually developing core projects. That is progress. That is that. That takes time. People still see you as an ED manager when you're like, "But I'm working on developing my own project." Yeah. That will take time for you to be taken seriously because the next question they will ask you, "Are you an engineer?" I'm like, "No, mm. I am not an engineer." But I took my time to learn about the space. I can work well with engineers. I actually sell these projects yeah. better than engineers because engineers know how to build them. Mm. I know how to sell them. I know how to go find the money to fund them. And I know how to build them effectively. So it's still progress for me to to even think I would make a mark on the development side. Yes, I think I'm a bit known on the economic development side. But to be known as a developer, the day I have my own project on the grid or having a power purchase agreement with a client, I think that's when they'll start taking me seriously. But it's exciting. Um, It will take some time uh, because it's new in the country for it to transform. 
transform because sometimes even when I'm advising my client on getting more black suppliers or women-owned mm. suppliers on board, and I would send out, for example, um, an email to a certain database asking specifically, these are the set-asides we're going to need when we are building this solar farm in this area. May people who are relevant please send me some profiles so yeah. that I recommend to my client. And I look at the emails I get and I'm like, okay. We have a long way to go. <laughs> then, then I would recommend to my client, can't you give me budget that we do a six-month incubation program yes. just to prepare at least these, these, these have potential. Can mm. we just then prepare them before construction so that at least we start building the skill um, in, in your small and medium enterprises and black suppliers in the space? Most definitely. Mm. Having said that, what challenges have you faced in this journey? A lot, a lot. I mean, a business in, 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 in general, I feel in South Africa, especially big business, it's not very um, sort of friendly to newcomers, especially in a business where barriers to entry are very high because mm. of high capital. So you have to really be sure that you want to do something. You have to be very tenacious about it and push through all the rejections and everything and keep pushing. And you also have to be somebody who doesn't take things personally. Mm. Even, for example, your uh, discrimination, intimidation, racial discrimination, you have to find a way to look past those things at times, especially when they are not too sort of explicit and overt. If you say, okay, this is indirect. I'm not going to fight this battle now. I'll yeah. fight it another day. I have a bigger picture I'm working on here. I cannot afford to take this personally because it's really not about me. Yeah. It's about fully transforming the industry sooner or later. So you need to really have be very, very self-aware, but also have a strong personality. You know that personality where you can really take the punches mm. and just move on. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, that's what it requires. I like that. <laughs> what are your views then on the current SME space in South Africa? Do you feel that there's enough support? When it comes to funding and the availability of money, I think there's more than enough money available from different DFIs in this country. But how SMMEs are able to get access to that money, how they are able to meet the criteria that their DFIs expect is another story altogether. Yeah. It's, it's completely, I mean, just on Saturday, I was assisting a friend who had a huge event in entrepreneurship and financial literacy dialogue at mm. NASREC. And we had most of the DFIs at, uh, with us. And we had like more than 400 or 500 youth entrepreneurs mm. asking questions and asking for clarity. And it would break your heart how much there's a disconnect between the population we have and that our DFIs are supposed to serve yeah. and what actually they expect from them in order for them to be able to assist them with funding. Sometimes I feel you are expected to prove beyond reasonable doubt yes. that you don't need the money before yes, you are assisted. Right. Yeah. Uh, for example, so we, we don't, we're not really getting the developmental agenda right or understanding how things really are on the ground for mm. SMMEs in order for us to assist them. So I think there's a lot that could be 
done to really meet SMEs where they are and journey with them before we have really, really high expectations on them, purely because of the history of our country and the amount of sort of differences and inequality that we still have a couple of years actually to be able to rectify. I think uh, our policymakers kind of undermine the the impact Mm. that our history has had. I do not like to always be blaming apartheid. Yes. I don't like that. I feel um, sometimes it doesn't it doesn't hold water as an excuse. But when you when you really work with SMEs and young people on the ground, then you're like, okay, this damage was really really mm, deep. Mm. If I have to deal with this, if I have to send a tender, and then send somebody to help, they know how to do the work, but send somebody to help my SMMEs actually be able to complete the tender for me so that at least I can be able to adjudicate and award the tender to them. And it's small, small businesses. It's small little things. When you said on site, I need bush clearing, Mm. alien vegetation clearing, uh, road maintenance. These are work our people can do. But the, the, the qualification on the other side in order to be able to be trusted or awarded this mm. work, my goodness, mm. it requires a certain type of heart for the people to be able to have the patience to actually journey with the people yeah. until they meet the standard you desire. So right. Yeah. On a personal level, how did you go about those funding challenges and the little teething problems that come with the starting your own business? I had to use my own money. I had to borrow money from my family, especially my mother. I still owe her. Mm. I had to borrow money from friends. And uh, I think it's only now that I'm getting that confidence where I'm saying, okay, I can now go ask for other people's money. I feel I've invested more than enough in this business. I believe in it. I have more confidence in it than I think. I, because it, it, w- when you look at the criteria at times, it intimidates you, no matter how educated you are. Because yeah. it's very different um, being an employee and from running your own business. So you're like, okay, NEF wants this and this and that. You you actually get a panic attack before I even completing the form. You're like, okay, you know what? Let me just go ahead with my savings for now and everything. Maybe um, in three, six months time, they'll take me more seriously. Mm. But sometimes maybe it's in your own mind. Maybe you will get a chance, yeah. but it's, it's your own internal blockages as well, actually, mm. that stand in your way. So I, I must be honest, as far as really, really approaching our big DFIs, yes, I did get a rejection from uh, the IDC on my medical waste to guest project, but at least they gave me detailed feedback on why uh, they wouldn't fund that. So, um, and it takes time sometimes to recover from Mm. those as well. So um, I think it's only now that I feel myself and my business partners are ready to actually present a bankable proposal to DFIs. And given that we've taken time to study their criteria, and I think we were lucky because, I mean, from my preference uh, employer, um, the package I had from the company at least was enough to allow me to build the business for a year. Mm. Not many people are that fortunate. Can say that, true. Not, not many people are that fortunate. And when I go to my consulting client this year, that also helped. At least it was a really decent retainer and that mm. helped me at least to be able to say, I'm not stressing about bills. I can focus on really building um, the foundations of the business. And I know I'm one of the lucky few. Not many uh, SMMEs have access to that and to that many resources. True. Yeah. Lastly, where to for Energy House? What can we expect in the near future? 
Um, you must expect a lot from Energy House, actually, because our philosophy as a company is that we would rather own 1% of an ocean than 100% of a swimming pool. I always say this Wonderful. in most of my interviews. So we are collaborating with quite a number of people on the energy storage side as well and on the waste to guest side as well, even if we have a small stake in the company. Because what we always plan to do, some people entitle themselves as social entrepreneurs, but I think uh, the, 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 the strategy in our business is to see a society's challenge and find a way to solve it, but with us making money from that as well. Right. Um, so we, 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 we have partners outside the country as well that we're developing projects with in Nigeria, in Swaziland, in Mozambique, and it's taking time to develop the relationships. But in two, three years' time, we really see ourselves at least with a couple of projects that are off the grid, but that are providing power either to municipalities or your 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 construction development or your rural schools and everything yeah. while we continue with the consulting on the sustainable development side because rural town rejuvenation is a very big thing in our hearts. Mm. I mean I go to towns when I tell people their names they're like, are you sure that's in our country? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I mean your Petrusville, your Hotezel, your your Phillipstown. People yeah. don't even know where those are, but the potential, in spite of the lack and the poverty, but if the right person would go in there, journey with the community, find a way to package these proposals in a bankable way, mm. and then help the community to access the right amount of funding um, to build these projects. I think in the next three, five years, we would really be the talk of the town, not only in our own country, but in the entire continent, on just what it takes to partner with communities to ensure that they actually are very active in their own development. It's not a us and them thing. It's yes. not just a, re a receiver kind of thing. That Because there is potential in these communities, but because they've been neglected for such a long time, um, they've, they've, they've resorted to that mentality that what can you do for mm. us? And one of our missions is to say, actually, this is a land flowing with milk and honey. Oh, yeah. We're just going to help you uncover it. Yeah. We wish you all the best. Thank you so much for this invite. Thank you so much for having me. That was founder and MD of Energy House, Nokolo Gasana, in this week's SME Corner.